You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. God gave me this. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, you know, you've, you've preached on this before. You preached on, you preached on fasting. You preached on prayer. Now you're going to preach on praise. And that's right, because that's where God directed me. That's why God has directed me. And you know, if you read the Bible, and I've been reading through the Old Testament, and I got into 1 Corinthians, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. Don't read it now. <laughs> I got into it um, in, uh, in, in 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah, 1 and 2 Kings. And you know what? There's a law of repetition in there. The same stories right over and over. Now, if God saw fit to do that, okay, in the Word, don't you think sometimes He wants us to hear it again? We're going into intercession. And sometimes, sometimes we don't really, we just think, we think sometimes intercession is just laying on the floor and just moaning and groaning. And that's true, that's a form of intercession. But praise also. Fasting is a form of intercession. Okay, prayer is a form of intercession. But then God wants us to stop asking and praying. Sometimes he just wants us to come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and understand that he is God. Praise opens you up to the power and presence and might of God Almighty. It brings us into a relationship with him. Thank you. Amen? So the third key. Now, I'm not going to go back and go through what I said, but why and God knowing I have already spoken on these three keys. No, I haven't spoken one as a key, but on these three subjects. Okay? And why would he direct me again to do it again? to remind us and to show us again what really intercession is. Worship is intercession. Worship is acknowledging God, who he is, and accepting the fact that he can do what he says he is, so we we begin to intercede through worship and praise with expectation our worship comes with expectation for him to do what his word says he will do. Even when I don't feel like it. There are times even your pastors come to church and I didn't feel like if I could have stayed home, I would have. I'm telling you the truth. But then I came and offered the sacrifice of praise. And God changed my whole, my whole day and my whole outlook around. So it's up to us. And sometimes when we don't feel like, open your mouth and praise him. Yes, 
You Well, I will sit here very quietly, and sometimes that's good. But, you know, sometimes we've got to open our mouths and begin to speak words of praise because that gets our mind off on us. What I'm going through, how hard I'm having it, and probably, and really you are sometimes having it hard. But transfer that feeling toward God and tell him how great he is and how wonderful he is and watch God begin to revive and move you. Now, a lot of us will go, will go away today refreshed and uplifted. And some have come with situations in their lives that you could easily have stayed home. But you came anyway. And when the music began to go, and music is important in a worship service and anybody's service. Even when you're interceding and in a prayer of intercession, it's not wrong to turn some music on and, and, and put it down low or enter into praise and worship. Amen? Powerful. All right. So, in our message on intercession, etc., and I thank our sister over here for her glasses because I broke mine over there, and I didn't know what I was going to do, so I ran out to the study and went into the st study, and I couldn't fix them, so I threw them in the wastebasket. It was, it, that's all I could do. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I had some glasses out there that were stronger than what I usually use, and I thought, I hope I can see my notes. And then I said, well, no, if I can't, God, then you just take over the service, and I'll be rested. I won't have to do anything. And uh, so when I come out, uh, is it Eva? Eva, she goes, here. And I said, oh, really? And then I'm thinking, oh, I hope they're the right size. And I put them on them just right. So you got to listen to me preach. So how you like that? Hallelujah. Amen. If you turn to Second Chronicles, you may be seated. 20, this is the scripture that the Lord led me to for this message. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know where that uh, prayer request card is. Have you got it? Okay. Uh, who will take this card and just intercede for it this week for them? Who will take it? Just lift your hand up. Okay, Jenny. And, and the other, and Beth, you can get with Jenny, 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 um, okay, amen. Jen. Glory. God knows, amen, all right, amen. All right, I want to you to go to Second Chronicles 20 and 20 to 23. Now, we would have been, been talking on this, Second Chronicles 20, and you know the story. Jehoshaphat was the king of uh, Judah, was in um, a strait. Uh, the uh, armies were coming against him. They were going to overthrow him, and he was in a fix. So he immediately went to God in prayer, and then we find out that he, instead of sending out the army with swords and guns, can you imagine that? 
he sent out his, um, the Levites, the singers, going before the army. <clears throat> the army came and just cleaned up what God did. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> and you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they are <clears throat> great stories, we think. Yeah? Good stories in the Bible. But we should also, <clears throat> excuse me, but we should also realize that this form of worship and praise, okay, of, of intercession, is for us today too. That we can fight our battles with singing and shouting. We can fight our battles with worship. And God entertains our worship, okay? <clears throat> Second Chronicles 20, 23, 20 to 23, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the whole thing. And I'm, I'm reading from the New King James Version. So they rose up early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Now, that doesn't mean just to believe him as your Savior. Believe in the Lord God. Oh, thank you so much. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in it. So believe that what the names we sung about He's going to do. Amen? And he's going to, he's going to perform. Believe it. Believe in God. Not that just he's a big God, not that, and, and all that, but believe in God. Literally believe in him. Literally trust in him. Literally know that he is God and that he's in control of your life if you'll surrender it to him. This is not just a statement in our statement of faith. If you're going to come here, you've got to believe in God, that there is a God, etc., etc., etc. No, believe in who he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, a lot of people believe in God and God has salvation. They go through the prayer of repentance, but they really don't believe in him. I'll let you think that through, okay? Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Now, this people, this is the word of God. This isn't something that I made up. This is the word of God. You say, oh, we've heard that before, have you? Have you got it right down in here? Do you believe enough in God to go to him with everything that you have, or do you fret and fuss and fume? I'm including myself. Will God take care of you or won't he? Will he supply your need? Believe in him. Trust in him. That's why you worship him, because you believe in him. Why worship something you don't believe in? And that's a lot of times a lot of people don't worship because they don't believe in him. All right, enough of that, okay? Verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, in other words, okay, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. So what he happened, he got his people together, and he got the Levites, and he got the singers and all this, and he says, now I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And now what he was preparing them for them to go out to battle with singing and music. So it says, after um, 
And when he had consulted with the people, okay, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise the beauty of holiness. See, that's what worship is. You are praising him, not for the feeling, but for the beauty of his holiness. And his holiness is purity. God does not lie. He's pure. You can trust him. You can bank on him. There is, there is no dark side to God. You know, a lot of the gods in the Egypt, in the uh, Israelites' time and all of that, and, and even today worship, you know, and worship all of this stuff, that there's always a dark side to that God. There is no shadow in God's turning. God does not make a shadow. When he moves, he moves, but it's all glory. It's all brightness. It's all beautiful. So there is no shadow. God never casts a shadow. Do you know that? He never casts a dark side. He's not deceitful. He's not cunning. Men, Lord, who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. There is never a time when God's mercy is not active. The song we sing, uh, if you don't feel him working, he's still working. God never rests, and God is never has his eyes or his attention off you. He does not work for Lila, you know, and then and 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 and, and forget you. He's, he's working for Lila, then all of a sudden he goes over and works for you, and, 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 and he's forgotten about Lila. No, 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 no. His focus is on you and you and you. You are always on his mind, and we have to remember that. And bad things happen to us. You say, well, if God is like that, why does it happen? Well, you've got to understand we're living in a fallen world. When you understand the, 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 the nature of the world that we're living in and that the God, uh, the devil is a God of this world, not the God of the earth. He's the God of, of, of the, fallen, the fallen kingdoms. And the reason why Satan is a God of the fallen kingdoms is because he's usurped authority and the kingdoms allow him to do it. If the kingdoms would, and all of them, the princes, see, Jehoshaphat stood up against the, against, against the devil, against the enemy. That whole region, all around Judah, okay, that whole region was coming after Judah. And Judah was only half what the nation Israel is today. North uh, Israel, 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 see, at this time, the nations had split had separated from one another. And there was times when northern, the northern uh, uh, tribes, okay, would come against southern tribes, which were just Judah and, and, and Benjamin. And so here we have A situation that needed to be 
changed, and God and Jehoshaphat went right to God. He didn't go and try to get some other country to help him. He went right to God. At least that was one king uh, of Judah or Israel that, that listened and followed God. Do you, let me just throw this in. After the split of Israel and Judah, do you realize that not one king in Israel, northern tribes, was, was righteous? Not one king. And out of, I don't know how many in Judah, I think it was 20, maybe 24, only nine followed God. I mean, I'm surprised that, that, that they had enough temple for when the Romans came into on, uh, in 70 AD to destroy, to destroy the temple in, in Jerusalem, that there was enough temple left. The way that they, they tore, and this was enemies, Israel and Judah, they tore up the temple, built it up again. Tore on the temple, build it up again. Tore up the temple, took gold out, took this. And I mean, and I'm, th- and I'm looking at that and I thought, my Lord. And it got so bad that when a king would go in and build up the temple, the people didn't even pay any attention. But this time, Jehoshaphat, the king, okay? And let me tell you something. If our government would do what he did, we would be saved from a lot of the mess we're in. And let me tell you something, saints. We are in a mess. And we need God's intervention. Amen? That's why when you come to work, church, you need to worship and praise God. Praise Him for who He is, okay? Well, anyway. Okay. Now, when they, now look at this. Now, this isn't just a story. This is reality. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, what happened? The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Praise is intercession. And when we begin to worship and praise God, God begins to move on our behalf. For the people of Ammon, and look what happened. 23rd, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sir to utterly destroy him. God turned them in on themselves. And the Israelites didn't have to, or the, Jew, uh, the uh, Judah did not even have to uh, uh, fight. They just went out and picked up the good, the booty. When they got out to the battleground where they was going to battle, they uh, picked, they just went and picked up and cleaned cleaned house. They just they left all the stuff. I don't know why they brought all that stuff to battle. I don't left it home in case we lost. <laughs> so, and when they had made an end of uh, of the inhabitants of Syria, they helped destroy one another. That's how stupid the devil is. He puts on a big thing. But when God intervenes, he gets confused. We look at the devil as almighty, all powerful. Oh, you don't want to mess with the devil. Yeah, you want to mess with the devil. Tell him where he needs to go and who he is and get out of your life. Oh, you don't, you want to be, no. Know who you are and stand up. And when he comes to you and fills all your mind with all, now this is a, I don't know if it's a down east word or not, all this, all the culture. 
okay, in your mind, and he works on you, okay, to get you, okay, to, uh, to, to get you all confused and all you upset and concentrate on your problem, just throw up your hands and start praising the Lord and start worshiping him. What you're doing is, number one, you're resisting the devil and you're interceding to heaven. And what happens as you praise, you worship, worship God, it brings joy, it brings peace, it brings power. Because you've gone before the throne. And in fact, we're going to talk about it, but God moves his throne here in your presence. What am I talking about? I'm talking about his authority. Now, his authority is everywhere, but also there is precise authority where he deals with a particular situation and a particular church and a particular place and situation. All right? Now, the above verses highlight this final key, and I am reading this, in Judah's uh, miraculous deliverance, that of praise and worship. If you can't pray, praise. And sometimes even force yourself to sing praise. Sing songs of Zion. Sing songs of deliverance. The Bible talks about, here I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Bible talks about songs of deliverance. It's intercession. Every time we lift our hands and we worship God, we are interceding to heaven. We are invoking and we are calling on heaven to work. You have an audience with God and his, his, his undivided attention when you worship. Forget your problem for that moment and just worship God. And if you're still having battle when you stop praising, keep praising until you get the victory and you begin to feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise brings the anointing. Praise brings the glory. Because you've invoked heaven, you've called on heaven, you've interceded to heaven. Amen? Praise and worship is the intercession that calls on the hand of the Almighty and causes Him to intervene in our trying and challenging times. Let me read that again. Praise and worship is the intercession. Everybody says intercession. intercession. Oh, I thought praise was just to make us feel good. No. Praise is an appeal to heaven. Now, prayer is in there too, and so is in fasting. We've got there now, so I'm not getting on that. I'm getting on intercession. That calls on the hand of Almighty and causes Him to intervene in our trying and challenging times. D, He manifests Himself in our situations and circumstances when we intercede in the attitude of praise and worship. Don't stay in the doldrums. That will defeat you every time and it will lead to doubt and then doubt will lead to unbe total unbelief. And you'll walk away from God. And that's where the devil wants you. He wants you first to start concentrating on your problem and he makes it so big that you think it's insurmountable. There is no problem that you face that's insurmountable. I believe in God. That's what the Bible says. Believe in God. That's what Jehovah, Jehoshaphat said. Believe in God. Even before you go out to battle and start praising, believe in God. 
Believe that he's going to take care of you. Believe that he loves you. And you've got to understand that God loves you. You've got to believe it. So, start with that. If you're having problems in your mind, okay, over the reality of God and over whether God manifests himself and loves you in your situation and is mindful of your situation, then just try praising him. What you got to lose? The only thing you got to lose is your defeated and doubt. Yes. Okay, he manifests himself in our situations and circumstances when he inter- when we intercede in the attitude of praise and worship. Okay? An assault against his children, listen to this, an assault against his children is a direct assault against him. When he assaults you, God takes it personally. And God don't like it. And especially he don't like it, or does he like it, or doesn't he like it, or however you're supposed to say it, when you are in the picture. Because God loves you so much How many of you would stand with your own child? I mean, if someone came against my son or my daughter when they was a kid, I'd kick their teeth in. I'd go after them. And you don't think that God is that mindful of you? You are his child. What's that chorus we sing? About Abba, 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 Father, Abba, Father. Some chorus we sing. Yeah, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. And that's some of the songs that we should begin to sing in praise when we're going to sing some of these songs to the Lord. Just start singing. Because those are songs of deliverance. And you don't sing them when you get delivered. You sing them before you get delivered. And remind yourself of who God is. Praise the Lord. Did he get you? <laughs> okay, our battles are his battles. Whoa. Our battle. everybody say that. Our battles are his battles. And in him, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more. This, is, this is scripture. I'm going to read it to you. Romans 8, 37. It says, yet in all these things, that means in everything that you go through and you're involved in, we are more than conquerors. There is a battle that you go through that God will not fight for you. Take it to the Lord. There's an old chorus that sings, I think it says, I think it says, take it to the Lord or something. Yes. Through him, not myself, but through what conquers through him. For any Christian engaged, and remember this, any Christian engaged in battle 
this powerful passage of Scripture intervention, of Jesus' intervention and intercession, can be assured of Jesus' presence from. And it's active at every moment in the Christian's life. We are never in this life separated from Christ's love. Even in hardships, we can be more than conquerors. That means super victorious. They said that you was going to die. And it sure looked like it. But here you're sitting. Because your battle became God's battle. And so you just broke out into praise and worship today. That's why I put the mic over there, because I just wanted to amplify it. Because mainly I wanted the devil to really hear it. Amen. And this, this more than Congress, it, it isn't a statement of conceit. But confidence. I know in whom I believe in. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed against him. Men committed unto him against that day. So, Mike, your battle is the Lord's, and he's fighting for you. Don't give in, don't give out, don't give up. When you feel the lowest, just lift your hands and start praising him. Because there's no, listen, there's no, without, without God, there's no sense for you to even fight. Just turn it over to Jesus. Roll it on the Lord. There's a, there's a scripture that says, roll it on the Lord. And it's talking about, about a, a, a camel that has a load on it. And what happens with that is they, the camel goes down, and, and it's scary when it goes down because I was on top of a camel, a camel riding when that happened, and I thought I'm going to go right off and on my head. And here I am holding on to dear life. And that camel, he doesn't go down gracefully either. He's just, and you're holding like that. So this, what happens is when there's a load, and then he turns like that, and he just rolls that burden off. And he gets back up again. Well, you're just like an old camel. Just kneel down in prayer and worship and praise and roll that thing off. Leave it there. Don't bother to investigate it. And don't try to figure God out of how he's going to do it. God has a plan. Don't spend all your time trying to figure out how you're going to solve your problem. If it's insurmountable, if there's something that's insignificant that you can just take care of, okay? But if it's insurmountable and you do not know what's going to take place and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's affecting you spiritually and it's affecting you emotionally, Roll it off on Jesus and begin to worship, and that's how you do it. You worship and you praise him. And at first, praise him when you don't feel like it. Come to church when you don't feel like it. You know what I mean? When you get down, you say, well, I'm going to stay home today. That's just what the devil wants you to do, but then he can keep you thinking and thinking and thinking. But then you get into church, you start praising the Lord, amen, and you roll it off on him. And that's a form of intercession. Is this making sense? Now, few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one. Intercessory praise and worship. Few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one. Intercessory praise and worship. And you know what? 
That's why you get in the Bible, you read the Bible, you memorize the Bible, then you start praising God, and what happens? God gives you a scripture. God gives you a song that, that's based around the scripture. Songs of deliverance. Here we go. That's what we sang over, over your mom and dad. We sang a song of deliverance. Now, God has got to act because we did it in faith. Psalm 22.3 says this, and this is praise. And the psalmist says to God, but you are holy. Now, we shouldn't be afraid of that word holy or holiness. We've got some people that, that have made it a, a badgering word. It's a word that scares us. God's holy. You know. God, I'm thanking you that God is holy. That means he's righteous. But in spite of his holiness, what did he do? When Eve sinned, what did he do? When Adam and Eve sinned, he goes in and says, and you've heard me say this before, Adam, Adam, where are you? And they ran and hid. They were guilty as guilty could be. And you've heard me express this point before. God went to Adam, and then, then Adam said it was Eve. What a coward. Be a man, stand up, take it yourself. You bit the apple. She didn't make you do it. Amen. And God said, Eve, and this is his expression, Eve, what have you done? God said it. God didn't say to Eve, what have you done? Oh, we like to do that. We like, oh, God. No, 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 no. God only gets angry when you just deliberately obey him, disobey him, and disobey him, and disobey him. And even then he has mercy. Look at Israel. My Lord. If you read through the Old Testament, I, I was, I'm thinking while I've been reading the Old Testament, this time I thought, why in the name of God did they write it? And, they, and they're calling Israel God's chosen. And in the, in, in, in the Old Testament, they're anything but acting like chosen people. They're spoiled brats. Taking God for granted. Usurp him on his love. And God in his holiness, because he is so holy and he is so righteous, he will not throw them away. The reason why sinners go into hell is because they throw God away. And God is still going to come and fight for Israel in their unbelief. Do you know that when they go back to Jerusalem, and they go back, back in the, this last time, they're going back in unbelief. And Israel is still the apple of God's eye. You touch Israel, he doesn't like it. You know why? Because he made a covenant with Abraham. He will not. And then David, I'm reading about David. And, and, and God made a covenant with David that there wouldn't be, a, there would always be a king on the throne. And the Bible says itself, says that's why they reserved, God reserved uh, uh, Judah and Benjamin for him. Because he made a covenant with David. And you're included in that covenant. Go read in, in Ephesians. 
Out of the two, he made one. And then he goes and puts his spirit. And who does he pour the Holy Spirit on him? A bunch of Jews. The church was established among Jewish people. And they were, even after they had the Holy Ghost, they was fighting not to let the Gentiles in. And God just, God knew his plan, so he just ignored them and went and filled the Gentiles anyway. And Peter began to pontificate about where salvation come from, and God said, you know, I, I'm tired of that rhetoric. He just go boom and pour it out. And so Peter stood there speechless and said, what can I do? Go baptize them in Jesus' name. <laughs> and he says, they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, there was a bunch of people in Cornelius' house that was hungry for God. They were Gentiles. Peter went in, started preaching. They went back to Israel, Jerusalem, and Peter was called on the carpet because he went into Cornelius' house. He wasn't even supposed to go into his house. He was a Gentile. Has God made a promise to you? Now, that's not a license to sin. If God's made a promise to you, yeah, and, and then he, you have, because you've, been, you've repented, been baptized in his name, filled the Holy Ghost, that's his covenant with you. When you spoke in other tongues, that was a seal. The blood and the water and the spirit is a sign of, is, is, is a signet that says you've got a covenant with God. Because of what's happened to you, because of your repentance and because of your water, the water baptism and because of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that has been a covenant, and the Holy Spirit sealed that covenant through his name, his blood, and his spirit. The Holy Spirit was the consummation of the covenant he made with you through the blood. It's a blood covenant. So you have a right to come and praise and worship God. And God has given you favor so that when you do something wrong, because he knows that you are human, he knows that you are of the Adamic nature, so what's he going to do? He is going to honor your repentance and you coming to him in repentance. So if you should sin, repent immediately. Don't wait. Well, okay. All right, and, and I know I've said this, and I got to stop. That I got two more times to say that. <laughs> okay, few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one: intercessory praise and worship. But you are wholly enthroned in the praises of God's people, since God is enthroned in the praises. Worship is the key to entering fully into His presence. The concept here is that intercessory praise releases God's glory. That's why when you stop praising, you feel good. God's releasing his glory. And there are times when you fall out on the floor under the anointing of God because you have praised and worshipped, and he just pours his spirit out on you, and over you go.
The concept here is that praise releases, intercessory praise releases God's glory, thus bringing to the worshipers actualized, responsive through the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, actualized responses? Someone tell me. Okay. Responses that actually happen. Make it reality. Make it real. Real real responses. When you go to him, go to him with the the idea that you're going to get a real response. God does never ignore you if you're sincere and humble before him. And some of you are going through literal hell in some of your situations. And I admire you for standing true and faithful to God and loving God. God sees that. He's not acting for asking for perfection. He's asking for honesty. He's acting asking for sincerity. He's acting for hu- asking, uh, 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 asking for humility. And when we humble ourselves before God, he's right there. And there's a scripture in the Bible, I don't know where it is, but I got, I got it on the line and everything else. It's, it's talking about God working for us and uh, uh, speaking about Jesus. And it says that Jesus is actually standing there like this, waiting, just waiting for you to call on him. And he'll run into the battle. That's a scripture. I wish I could find it. I've got it on the line, but I can't remember where it is. But it's there, believe me, I don't lie to you about that. Okay, God's enthroned responses can take on many forms, such as prophecy. Do we have that here? Yeah. Healing and miracles. Yeah. Affirmation to individual hearts. He affirms that you are a Christian. He affirms that you are a request. A call to reverential silence and awe. Yeah? Two Sundays ago, you heard me say before, we sat in total awe of the presence of God. I mean, we you could have heard a pin drop. It was so quiet, and that's unusual for CLP. <laughs> and there were people lying on the floor. There were people stretched out before God. There were people bent down, just in total anointing and presence of God that was so heavy in this place. And you know, and that's a good sign that God is with us because every time we meet, he enthrones himself here. And are we perfect? (laughs) And then, okay, as we worship for conviction of sin and salvation of sinners. This verse should be a guiding goal for all personal and corporate worship times. When I praise him, he responds. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise and worship. Are you listening to me? So don't just sit in the church and just sit there. Lift your, When you're admonished from the platform to lift your hands, lift your hands. You may not even feel like it. It's got nothing to do with feeling. It's got to do with faith. What that means? It means that you are confident in God that when you praise him, whether you feel it, like it or not, or whether you feel anything or not, you're going to praise him. 
You may be going through the worst test of your life, but I'm going to praise him anyhow. You say, well, that's, not, that, that, that's hypocritical. No, it's not hypocritical. It's an act of faith. And it's an act of, 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 of uh, um, determination. I know if I lift my hands and praise God, I'm going to feel his presence. And the devil may be whispering into your ear, why are you praising him? Look what's happening. Look what's happening to you. Look what, you know, what's the sense to praise him? You, you, you go out to church, praise him, and then all of a sudden you have a flat tire. Go out to church, praise him, and you go home, and the next day find out that, that uh, your, your bank has been overdrawn. Bank account. Someone's jeopardized your phone. Do you praise him then? Yes. Because it's an intercession. You praise him when you feel like it. And you praise him when you don't feel like it. You praise him when you're angry. And those are the times you have to force it. And it's not hypocritical. Because when you force it in adverse situations, you are telling God, I know that you care for me, and I'm not going to listen to this feeling. I'm angry right now, but I'm still going to praise you. I want to stay home from church today because I'm just so discouraged and so worn out. Ruth, I admire the way you come to church. I love it when you walk through that door because you give the devil another black eye, and he doesn't like it. And I just picked her out. The rest of you, I've noticed that you're all the same. When you have questions, praise him. When you have doubts, praise him. And don't let the devil say, well, that's hypocrisy. It's not hypocrisy. It's an act of faith. And we think to have faith, we've got to be right on the top all the time. We've got to have everything going just copacetic. We, we, we just got to, it's just got to, everything's got to be going right. No, you praise him to get things going right. All right. I've already said that. Now, I, I want to read this scripture and then I'll close. That's two times. But you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Few principles are more essential to our understanding this one. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to practice of God's praise. The verb enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, he is ready to manifest his kingdom power. In the, in the way most appropriate to the situation as his rule is invited to invade our setting. Now that's powerful. You haven't got to always figure it out, and you haven't always got to get your doctrine right. You just got to know God or who he is and go to him. Now, I'm not minimizing doctrine. Doctrine is essential. You know I believe in that. You haven't always got to have all the answers right now. Praise Him when you don't have the answers. You'll get it. Praise Him when you don't feel like it. It is this fact that properly leads many to conclude that in a very real, real way, praise prepares a specific 
and present place for God among his people. That's why you hear the statement, God is enthroned among his people. You've heard me say he brings his throne, sets it right up here among his people and is praising. And that's what causes people to say that. You hear, hear the saying, God's in the midst. Now what is it? You say, well, isn't he always present? Yes, he's always present, but there are times, there are specific times and special times that he is especially in the midst. And you can feel it. You fall out under the power of God. And all that. See, all of that is, when you understand the power of God and what it's all about, all of that is just the manifestations of God's glory. I mean, it's, in, it's replete in the Bible. Even when an angel came to Daniel, Daniel prostrated himself and fell on the ground. Then John happened with an angel. God's presence was there. John fell on the ground, and then he started worshiping. And, John, and the angel said, no, 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 no. Don't worship me. Worship God. But the angel was a messenger of God and brought God's glory to a person that was interceding before God. And this is the last. God awaits a prayerful and praise-filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come. That's a powerful statement. I wish I thought of it. God awaits. Do you realize that God is waiting for us to come on Sunday? Waiting for us to come on Thursday. If you come through the wake, he's just waiting for you to come to the prayer room. You who meet in the prayer room on Sunday, he, he's there before you are. And he just waits. He waits for your private prayer time. He loves it. And then we'll understand that his will is done. Okay. I'm reading this last scripture verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 34, 1 to 3. Everybody say it with me. I will bless the Lord, bless the Lord. At, all at all times. His praise, His praise shall, be shall be continually in my mouth. In my, mouth. My, soul my soul shall make its boast, make it boast. In, the Lord. in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. And then verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. No matter how bad things may get, we need to keep worship on our lips. The more we encourage ourselves to worship, the less control the enemy can wield over us. Amen. Amen. Amen.